Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a very good Friday morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Oda Payne podcast. It is Friday the 13th. That's right. January 13th, 2023, and the Joe Beningo Order Pain Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, of course, by Anita Discount Tire and our good friends at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Wildcard Weekend, we'll get into my uh, my picks this week for Wildcard Weekend as we kick off the NFL playoffs, 13 games left in the season. Uh, really, the, probably the two best weekends of the year coming up this weekend and then next weekend in the, the divisional round. Uh, but uh, it is uh, it, it is kind of bittersweet because you know that the NFL, the football season is coming to an end, and that's always a uh, very difficult thing to deal with. But nevertheless, we'll get you kicked off for six terrific games coming up starting on Saturday. We got games Saturday. We got three games, two games Saturday, three games Sunday. And then, of course, we got the Monday night game between uh, the Bradys and the Cowboys. So uh, we'll get to all of that. But before we do... You know, yesterday was the 54th anniversary of the Jets' one and only Super Bowl victory, January 12th, 1969, Super Bowl three. Joe Willie Namath, the whole thing, the guarantee, 16-7 victory over the then Baltimore Colts. Uh, you know, we all know the story, 18-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs, uh, on and on and on we go. But, you know, isn't it interesting that, you know, the New York Rangers went 54 years without winning the Stanley Cup, right? 1940, we would hear chants, especially on the island, you know, with the Islander fans, 1940. Like, we'd hear that forever until they finally ended that in 1994. And, oh, by the way, now it's going to be almost 30 years since they won that cup. But, you know, we digress there uh, uh, for a minute anyway. But there's no outcry. About for the Jets going 54 years without a championship, right? Like, that was like, for the Ranger fans, that was like the Holy Grail. You know? Where's the Holy Grail for us? Right? I mean, it's unbelievable. No, There's no, like, you know, outcry. Oh, my God, 54 years. You know, you don't hear the Patriot fans or the Dolphin fans or the Bill fans ch- chanting 1969, you know, or 1968. You know, they're not chanting that. They don't really have to because we stink. <laughs> but 54 years yesterday, I was a spry, spry 15-year-old. And I have said this over and over again. If you would have told me as a precocious 15-year-old who pretty much had his head up his rear end, okay? If you would have told me then, and I probably, my wife will tell you, I still have my head up my rear end. But if you would have told me, you know, 54 years ago, I was a 15-year-old. Bro, you're going to be almost 70 years old. Think about this. This is really puts it in perspective. Almost 70 years old, and you will have not seen your team even get to a Super Bowl again. I would have said, come on, what are you, out of your mind? My team set up to win a few. Right. <laughs> so, 
I had I, I just just to, you know I had to bring that up. 1969, January 12th. What a disaster. Anyway, but I thought it was interesting that our esteemed owner Woody Johnson decided to talk yesterday. And number one, a couple things. First of all, can Woody just give a playoff mandate to these guys? All right, say look, if if Robert Sala and his company, of course, they already fired. They already well, they didn't really fire Mike Lafleur. They they allowed him to pursue different opportunities. What bullshit that is, okay? You know, we'll get to that in a second too. But wouldn't it nice to hear? Wouldn't it be nice to hear Woody Johnson say, "You know what? Playoffs or else, you're all gone." That would be nice to hear. But of course, Woody, I don't give mandates. Come on. The one thing I was happy to hear Woody say, and we know that's BS anyway, because if they don't make the playoffs, they're all going to be gone. I mean, that's basically it. I was happy, though, to hear Woody say that he will do whatever it takes to bring a veteran quarterback in here. All right? I was happy to hear that because there was a lot of speculation after LaFleur was let go that Woody really wants to see Zach Wilson be the guy and that they were going to bring a veteran quarterback in here to back up Zach Wilson. Now, I hope that's not the issue. You know, I don't want to see, uh, I don't know, Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew be the guy that comes in here to be the veteran quarterback with Wilson being the guy. Thinking that maybe whoever this new offensive coordinator that comes in, and Frank Reich would be nice, by the way. I mean, that's just my suggestion, okay? That whoever this new offensive coordinator that comes in here is going to suddenly turn Zach Wilson into Patrick Mahomes, all right? I mean, I doubt that's happening. You know, I, I'm confident that will not happen. So when Woody talks about a veteran quarterback, I hope he means like Derek Carr, like Jimmy Garoppolo, all right? Those are the guys. I want Derek Carr's the guy I want. To me, that's the one. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe if LaFleur was still here, maybe that would have been a guy I like Garoppolo. He, he's a winner. There's no doubt about it. But he gets hurt all the time. He does. You know, and I know that Lamar Jackson's name's been mentioned. Here's, here's the thing with Lamar Jackson, okay? I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson. Number one, the last two years, he's been hurt. He's not playing in the playoff game on Sunday. I mean, come on. He missed the last five games of the regular season. He's not playing in a playoff game. He missed the last five games of the regular season last year. I don't want this guy. He's a runner. You know, the strength of Lamar Jackson's game is running the foot. He's a running back, basically, disguised as a quarterback. He's not a great pocket passer. Now he gets hurt all the time. And you'd have to, you know, you got you to give up your firstborn, the sun, the moon, and the stars to get him. What, like our next three drafts. I don't want any part of Lamar Jackson. And here's the other thing, too, with him. All right? If an organization like the Baltimore Ravens, which to me is one of the premier organizations in the, in the NFL, they're right up there, top five. They all know what they're doing. They have a win. They're basically in the playoffs every year. They got a great front office. All those years, they had Ozzie Newsome. He was one of the best player personnel guys there was. They got one of the top, uh, top coaches in the game in John Harbaugh. If an organization like Baltimore is ready to move on from, from Lamar Jackson, to me, that is a major red flag. Major red flag. I want no part of him. I want Derek Carr's the guy I want. And I understand Derek Carr has never won a playoff game. By the, by the way, Lamar's only won one. Derek Carr's never won a playoff game. They did go to the playoffs last year. They lost that tough game in a, in a wild card round to the Bengals. And remember that one year where he was almost the MVP. The Raiders went to the playoffs, but Carl got hurt before the playoffs, 
and they wound up losing very unceremoniously to Houston. I think Matt McGloin uh, was the quarterback in that game for the Raiders. But Carr basically is healthy. Uh, you know, the numbers have been good. I mean, I, you know, if you want to uh, look at that, and I, I don't know what the deal was with him and Josh McDaniel in, in, uh, in Vegas. I keep saying Oakland, but they'll always be the Oakland Raiders. I don't know what the, the deal was there. But he's gone. He's a, they're, not, they're letting him go. Now, I guess you got a deal for him, but that's the guy I want. Bring in Der- what they should do. Bring in Derek Carr to be the quarterback. Get rid of Zach and sign Mike White to be the backup. That, to me, is the ideal thing to do. Now, are they going to do that? It's the Jets. You know, expect the worst. You're never disappointed. So, I mean, but but it was at least good to hear Woody come out and say, we will do whatever we have to do to bring a veteran guy in here. And to me, that guy is Derek Carr. Give him the keys to the castle. Let's go. Brees Hall will be back. AVT will be back. I'm hearing good things about Makai Becton, but don't hold your breath with him. Go out. You got the 13th pick in the draft coming up this year. Go out and get it. Add to that offensive line. Get the best offensive lineman you can get, whether it's a guard, tackle, or center, doesn't matter. Get the best one you can get, and let's go. And let's go out there and get in the goddamn playoffs next year for the, uh, for the first time since the 2010 season. And dare I say, contend for that Super Bowl, the elusive Holy Grail Super Bowl that is now 54 freaking years ago. All right? It's time. It's time. All right. I had, I had to get all that in here because I'm, I'm disgusted with all the crap. You know, this franchise, you know, forever, forever has stuck it up our rear end after the way the, the season ended. But that's the way I play it. And as far as the firing, just getting back to the firing of LaFleur, let's be honest about this. I would have kept LaFleur. I would have kept them all together and just said, look, you're all coming back. You all came in together. You're all going to go out together. You get one more year. If you don't do it, you're all gone. You know, Sal is gone. Umbrick's gone. Everybody's gone. LaFleur's gone. I don't know if I'd get rid of Douglas. You know, I've heard this, too, from different places in the media. Well, you know, if they if they don't make the playoffs next year, everybody goes, Sal or Douglas. No, nah, I'm not getting – why would I get rid of Douglas? Douglas isn't coaching the team. Douglas just gave me one of the best drafts I've ever had, maybe the best. I mean, look at the draft last year. You think I want to get rid of this guy? What, was Mike McCagden giving me these kind of drafts? Tell me about that. Was John Idzik giving me these kind of drafts? Really? Why the hell would I want to get rid of Joe Douglas, even if Sal is not the guy? Let Douglas hire the next coach. Give him at least one more coach to hire. Please. I mean, I mean, really. Source Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, Michael Clemens. Really? I got that kind of a draft? And we're going to now, just because they, let's say, didn't make the playoffs next year, we're going to get rid of Joe Douglas? No, 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 no. Joe Douglas stays, even if it craps out again next year. But it better not crap out. And I'm telling you, the guy I want to see is Derek freaking Carr. Let's go. You know, a guy like him, he's 32 years old. God knows how many 32-year-old quarterbacks really took off once they got to that next team. The list is endless. Look at Geno. Took Geno 10 years, but look at him. Made the Pro Bowl, leading Seattle into the playoffs tomorrow against the 49ers. I mean, really. And the list is endless. Vinny Testaverde, Jim Plunkett, Rich Gannon. I mean, how many different guys have have played for one team and as they gotten a little older, really started to find themselves at 31, 32, 33 years old? 
I, I please uh, let's go. That's Derek Carr is the guy I want. For the most part, he's been healthy. He plays again. The greatest ability is availability. All of that. That's all a big part of it. So that's the way I want to see it go. Get me Derek Carr, and let's go from there. Draft that offensive lineman. Let's see another big draft from Joe Douglas. Let's see Brees Hall come back and stay healthy and, you know, just pick up where he left off last year. And uh, this team should be and better be in the damn playoffs next year. All right. Let's get the uh, sponsors in here before we um, move on to my picks for wild card weekend. You know, let's start out with uh, my good friends at, uh, at DraftKings. And look, you know the deal. The NFL playoff picture is locked in now, as we all know. And my go-to place for this wild card round this weekend, the wild card action, is the DraftKings Sportsbook. And you know it's an official sports betting partner, the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Place any bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. The action's so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Uh, I've been on the Giants all year, and I'll be making my pick in the Giant-Viking game coming up. Daniel Jones has been a great guy to play. He's won you a lot of money this year, so that's the way I'd go. Keep doing that, and, well, we'll see what he does this weekend, but he's been you know, he's been my go-to guy all year. The Giants have. I've been 7-1 with them and did a lot of winning with the Giants. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use uh, code OTHEPAIN. That's O-H-T-H-E-P-A-I-N. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code OTHEPAIN. And, of course, uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for all your details. All right. The Atkinsack Brewing Company. We were originally uh, going to do the uh, live podcast tonight at the Brewing Company, but because the boss is unavailable, <laughs> she's going to be out of town. We do nothing without the boss. We really don't. It's amazing we get up in the morning without without her permission. But, okay, um, <clears throat> she's not available tonight, so we will keep you posted on when the next live podcast will be. And you know the deal on Hackensack Brewing Company, located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in beautiful Hackensack, New Jersey, in the Fairmont neighborhood. The tap room is open 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Come and check it out. While you're there, check out my Oda Payne beer. Make sure you see the great Mike Jones. Mike Jones condones my team getting Derek Carr. He's a big Raider guy. All right? I do, too. See Mike Jones, see TJ, see Herb, see Andre, see everybody over there, the Hackensack Brewing Company. We will keep you posted on the next time we'll be doing a live podcast. So uh, keep that in mind. And, of course, my good friends, my son Johnny, his uh, boss, Ari, everybody over at Anita Discount Tire. You need tires. You need any kind of work done on your car. They're the place to go. Tell them I sent you. Uh they're in uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, on Westwood Avenue. Go check it out. Tell them Beningo sent you Anita Discount Tire. All right. The Oda Payne podcast for the wild card weekend. Here go the picks 
Last week, the final week of the regular season, I was three and two. For the regular season, 47 up, 37 down, six ties, six pushes. So 47, 37, and six. Now, there's some people that look at the pushes being a loss. I mean, it would be if you were with the bookies. So if you want to look at it that way, then I'm 47 and 43. If you want to use the uh, the uh, pushes as uh, as losses, but in this world we'll keep them. We'll, we'll do like the hockey does, right? You know, a tie a tie a loss in overtime or in a shootout is you get a point anyway. So we'll do it like that. So 47, 37, and six uh, on the year, and we'll see what we can do for wild card weekend. Six big games. All right, let's get started. Game one, the 49ers at home in beautiful Santa Clara, California, where it's been raining just about all the time over there. I wonder how that's going to affect this game. I don't know. We'll see. The 49ers, a nine-and-a-half-point uh, favorite over their division rival, the Seattle Seahawks. And we have three three division rival matchups here in the wild card round. This is the first of the three. The Niners are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Seattle uh, in, uh, in San Francisco, in Santa Clara for this game. Look. You look at the regular season, Seattle uh, lost twice to the 49ers. And usually, and I don't know the exact number, but it's happened many times when a team has played three times in a regular season, when they played, you know, a division rival and they wind up playing them in the playoffs as well. And usually when that happens, the team that has won the first two times usually wins the third time. Now, you wouldn't think it would be the other way, but that's not the way it is. I'm not sure what the exact number is. Maybe it's like 75% of the time. It might even be that high. So San Francisco knocking off Seattle twice. I think they're going to do it again. Nine and a half is a little, a little kind of a, a, a little lofty number, you know? And I'm sure Pete Carroll will have his team ready to go. Give the Seahawks credit. They won their last two games of the year to get into the playoffs. They that no show by Mike Jetson when they beat him a couple of weeks ago. And then a very tough overtime win over the Rams. Uh, last week to get themselves into the playoffs. Uh, of course, courtesy of the Lions knocking off the Packers at night. But I like the Niners here. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. I really do. I think they're on their way to the play uh, to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's done a tremendous job uh, coming in and, and, and taking over for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. They got all kinds of weapons there. Christian McCaffrey's flourished. He's been terrific since he got to San Francisco in that trade in the middle of the year from Carolina. You got all these guys, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, his team is loaded with offensive weapons. Maybe has the best defense in the entire NFL. They were number one overall as far as the uh, rankings and the uh, statistics go. And like I said, I give Seattle a lot of credit. I give Geno Smith a lot of credit. He's had a tremendous year. Probably the uh, comeback player of the year. Maybe the comeback player of the decade, Geno Smith. Uh, Give them a lot of credit for that. But I think it comes up short now for Seattle. I think Seattle will give them a game, but I think when all is said and done, the Niners will cover the number. I think they'll win by at least 10. You're laying nine and a half. Give me San Francisco laying nine and a half at home against the uh, Seattle Seahawks to have a three-game sweep of Seattle this year and move into the divisional round. That's game one. Game two, Saturday night, Jaguars. Charges in Jacksonville. Uh, of course, Jacksonville's been on a roll. The San Diego LA Chargers are a two and a half point favorite over the Jaguars in this game. And I, I'm, I've been back and forth with this. You know, 
The Chargers have some injury, uh, a little bit of an injury situation. Somebody's got to tell me why Brandon Staley last week in an absolutely meaningless game uh, uh, decided to play all his right. Re- you got to tell me, why did he play against Denver? Why would he play all his, you know, all his regulars in this game last week? He wind up getting his, one of his best wide receivers, Mike Williams, banged up. Joey Boza got banged up. I think they're going to play tomorrow, but we'll see. I didn't like that move by Staley at all. And I'll tell you, one of the big, one of the big edges in this in this game to me is Doug Peterson over Staley. I think Doug Peterson's a terrific coach. Look at the job he's done this year with Trevor Lawrence in his second year. I'm taking the Jaguars getting two and a half at home. Now they didn't play a great game last week against Tennessee to win the division. Their defense wound up winning it for him at the end of the day. Trevor Lawrence didn't have his best game. He missed some guys. Maybe he had that wide open receiver in the end zone with nobody near him. And he overthrew the ball by about 10 yards over the guy's head. So Lawrence didn't have the best game last week. And like I said, the Jaguar defense really won that game from last uh, last week against the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. But I'm taking the Jaguars, getting two and a half at home. I just, I understand Justin Herbert. There's something about the Chargers that bothers me. So I'm going to take the Jaguars, the Doug Peterson edge at coach. Give me the Jaguars plus two and a half. At home, Saturday night against the L.A. Chargers. That's game two. Game three, I mean, to me, I, I, don't, see, I don't see how Buffalo doesn't just blow the doors off Miami. Uh, the 1 o'clock game on Sunday in Buffalo, the Bills a 13-and-a-half point favorite over the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson is playing in this game at quarterback. Two is out. Bridgewater, who's hurt all the time himself, he's out. And Skylar Thompson... <clears throat> Give him credit. Did a nice job against the Jets last week to get themselves in the playoffs. But let's be honest. If Miami was playing anybody else but the Jets last week, if they were actually playing a real NFL team, they would they would the Pittsburgh Steelers would be playing Buffalo in this game. I mean, let's let's be honest about it. Uh, I don't think they have a chance, Miami. I really don't. I know they had two terrific games during the year. Remember, Miami beat them in week two uh, down in Miami. Uh, second week of the season, 21-19. And then Buffalo beat them a few weeks ago on a Saturday night in Buffalo by a field goal, 30-27 to in a very tough game. But, you know, Tua played both of those games. Uh, so that's a big difference. It's a big number, 13-and-a-half with Buffalo, but Buffalo's going to kill them. I, I don't see any way, you know, the whole DeMar Hamlin thing, you got that going from Tua, and it's great that he's out of the hospital and seems to be doing well now. Thank God for that. I think Buffalo blows the doors off Miami in this game. And I think 13 and a half probably isn't even a fair number. I'm surprised it's not even more than that. Give me Buffalo, who I think is going to the Super Bowl as well with the 49ers. Give me the Bills laying 13 and a half at home, uh, one o'clock Sunday against the uh, depleted Miami Dolphins. All right, game four. And this is really the big one. The Giants and the Vikings, uh, the rematch from Christmas Eve. <clears throat> when the uh, Vikings on a 61-yard field goal by uh, Curtis Joseph, whatever his name, Joseph is the kicker, 61-yard field goal at the gun to win that game, 27-24. Vikings are a three-point favorite at home. Look, I've been on the Giants all year. They've had a tremendous year. Brian Dables is clearly the coach of the year. Daniel Jones has had a fabulous year. I've said it a few times now. He deserves – he won't win the MVP, but he deserves consideration for the you know, MVP votes at the very least, because no quarterback has done more with less than Daniel Jones has done this year. He's done a phenomenal job. 
No question about it. And like I said, I've been on the Giants all year. I'm 7-1 and one, uh, picking the Giants this year. But you know what? Everybody loves the Giants. Now, maybe it's only here in New York, but everybody does. Everybody is all year basically pissed on the Vikings, all right? Yeah, they're 13-4, and four, but they won 11 of their 13 games where uh, one score wins, uh, you know, one score or less wins, 11 of their 13 games, you know. They actually have given up more points than they've scored. Remember, they got blown out in two games. They lost 40-3 to to Dallas, 41-17 to the Packers, you know. So they've actually given up more points than they've scored. But, look, they still are 13-4. and And, you know, you don't win 13 games without still being a pretty good team. And I give the Giants all the credit in the world, but it just bothers me that everybody now is on the Giants. It's like almost a foregone conclusion. Well, they played them so tough on Christmas Eve. You know, if Daniel Jones doesn't throw a pick, uh, if the tight end doesn't put the ball on the ground, you know, Bellinger, if he doesn't have a big fumble, you know, maybe they win that game. Probably should win it. Everybody loves the Giants here. I'm going, I like Minnesota. I really do. I'm laying the three, and I would not be surprised if the Vikings win this game easily. I really wouldn't. You know, because they're going into this game with a chip on their shoulder. Because they've heard it all year, too. How they're not that good. They won 13 games. They're overrated. Yada, yada, yada. Give me Minnesota. All due respect to the Giants and the Giant fans. Give me the Vikings laying three in Minnesota, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. That's game four. The Sunday night game, the Bengals are a 10-point favorite over the Baltimore Ravens in Cincinnati. These two teams split their two games this year. Of course, this is another division matchup, just like the Bill Dolphin game and the 49ers Seahawks game. They split the two games this year. Baltimore won early in the year in Baltimore. Cincinnati won this past week, so they're actually playing them again uh, two weeks in a row. Cincinnati won this past week, beating what was it, 27-16, the final score. No Lamar Jackson, what a surprise. Uh, doesn't look like Tyler Hundley's playing either. This guy, Anthony Brown, is playing quarterback for the Ravens. And look, the Ravens are tough. You know they're going to come. The defense is very good. You know, John Harbaugh is going to have them ready to play here. But I think the Bengals are winning this game. I'm laying the 10. It's kind of a big number. It's a little scary. But I'm going with Joe Burrow and DeMar Chase and Joe Mixon and that whole, uh, you know, T. Higgins and that whole crowd there in Cincinnati. Give me the Bengals. I would not be surprised. Even though I like Buffalo to get to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati got there again. I really wouldn't. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's right there with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as far as the top young quarterbacks in the game. You know, talking young. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, but I'm talking about the young guys. He's right there. I just think the Bengals are better. And, you know, the situation at quarterback for Baltimore, their defense will keep a minute for a while. But I think when all is said and done, Cincinnati will cover the numbers. So give me the Bengals, minus 10 at home Sunday night against the Ravens. Uh, that's game five. <clears throat> then the Monday night game, the Monday night playoff game, the Cowboys in Tampa to play the Bucks. Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in this game. Now, I've been back and forth with this game. You know, this was the toughest call for me of all of them. I'm going with Dallas for a couple reasons. First of all, let's be honest, Tampa won the division – but they had a losing record. They went eight and nine on the year in the worst division in football, where everybody else, New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta, all were seven and 10. Tampa Bay, eight up, 
nine down, won the division. Good for them. Look, Brady's always dangerous. There's no doubt about it. You can never count Tom Brady out of anything, any playoff game, any situation. But there's very, very few uh, coaching matchups where Mike McCarthy would get the edge over the guy he's coaching against. Well, he gets it here against Todd Bowles. And isn't it interesting that Todd Bowles finally wins the division title and does it with a team with a losing record? Really? <laughs> now, I, I give the edge. I give the, like I said, Brady scares me. No doubt. You're always a little leery about the home dog. I get that. I get all of that. But I'm laying the two and a half with Dallas. And I think a big thing with the Cowboys, too. Remember last year, that brutal loss in the first round of the playoffs to the Niners at home. One of the worst coach games I've ever seen. Mike McCarthy had a terrible day and all of that. I think they're going to make up for that here. I really do. Give me the Cowboys laying two and a half in Tampa Bay against the Bucks, And that's the only road team that I'm going with of the six games. But give me the Cowboys laying the two and a half on the road in Tampa. So the Beningo picks for wild card weekend. Give me the 49ers laying nine and a half at home against the Seahawks. Give me the Jaguars getting two and a half at home against the Chargers. Give me the Bills. Those are the Saturday games. Give me the Bills laying 13 and a half against Miami on Sunday in Buffalo. Give me the Vikings laying three against the Giants uh, in Minnesota. Give me the Bengals on Sunday night laying 10 against the Ravens in, in Cincinnati. And then the one road game I'm taking on. Give me the Cowboys on Monday night laying two and a half in Tampa against the Bucks. The Joe Beningo. NFL picks for wild card weekend. All right. Everybody enjoy the football this weekend. Like I said, there's only 13 games left. Enjoy it. Embrace it. It's always a great weekend of football. I got a bad feeling, though, looking at these matchups. We're going to have a lot of lopsided games. So I hope that's not the case. But we'll see how it all plays out. But everybody enjoy it. Have a great weekend. And, of course, I will be back. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow morning with Evan Roberts from 10 to 1, our Saturday show. Check me out on WFAN. And then, of course, we'll be back with the uh, Oda Payne podcast, the Breakdown and Wild Card Weekend on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. All the love.